G'day guys, welcome back to the Rugby League a Guru Podcast. Going to dive into our Round 17 rapid review. Only four games on this weekend, obviously, so we will fly through these and then we are back to eight games a weekend for the rest of the season on the run home to the finals. Very, very exciting. Uh, we had the first game of the week, the Cronulla Sharks taking on the Melbourne Storm on Thursday night. Personally, I thought the Melbourne Storm were going to get the bickies here. I thought they would bounce back uh, from a pretty poor performance the week before and uh, potentially they got worse. Uh Granted, against the Manly Seagulls, they you know they pulled it together in the last six or seven minutes to score twenty odd points. Against the Cronulla Sharks, they just they never really looked like they were in this game. I was incredibly disappointed with the performance of the Melbourne Storm. We'll start with the Sharks though. Twenty eight to six over the Melbourne Storm, always a, an impressive victory there, regardless of who's in, who's out. Obviously, the Melbourne Storm missing a couple of stars, but Cronulla Sharks. I mean, we've said all year that Nico Hines is the Cronulla Sharks. He didn't play this one out with COVID. Sivatalikai, who's been one of the most damaging outside backs all year, out of this one as well. So, I mean, it didn't all go the Sharkies' way realistically. So, a huge performance to. Do the Storm by 22 points. Very impressive. I thought Jesse Ramian, he got a bait in our team of the week. He was sensational. Three tries, three line breaks, 137 metres. Uh, another example that sometimes the metres run don't really show how damaging a guy is. I mean, 137 metres. We spoke about Sivitalikai a couple of weeks ago. He's averaging 150-odd metres per game without scoring any tries. Ramian scores three, and this one has three line breaks, 137 run metres. But it just shows how important Jesse Ramian is in the red zone, yeah? When the game's on the line when the ball needs to go to someone at the right end of the field. The Sharkies know Jesse Ramian. He's one of their guys that can just create something out of nothing or he can turn a half opportunity into a try. Uh, so Jesse Ramian, very very damaging. We, we always, we've always known that he's got this sort of footy in him. We probably just don't see it uh, enough. Now let's have a look at the other centre. Connor Tracy is he the most underrated back in rugby league? I genuinely, genuinely think he is. I absolutely love watching this guy play. Uh, he can jump into any spot in the back line and just be sensational. Now, it wasn't man of the match or anything the other night, but to lose Sivitalikai to be able to bring a guy like Connor Tracy in, uh, the Sharky's depth is incredible. And we've still got Matt Ikevalu, who can't get a gig. Lockie Miller came on and have one of, the one of, if not the greatest debut we've ever seen uh, in the NRL. I mean, a sensational knock. So the Sharky's depth is very, very impressive. I thought Blake Braley, the nine, he was great. He has just gone to another level this year. If you watch Braley playing the junior grades, you sort of knew that he always had this sort of ability. We just never really saw it uh, in first grade. This year, he's gone to a new level. And personally, I think it's off the back of them signing the Queensland Cup Player of the Year last year uh, in their reserve grade squad. I I think it's just given Braley uh, a little bit of energy to take his game to the next level. He knows that, you know, now the hooker spot is 100% his, but I think at the start of the season, he would have been looking around at the bloke from Queensland going, fuck, okay, I need to perform here. And sometimes competition for spots get the very best out of guys. Hamlin Uele returned. Now, I would argue that uh, when he got injured, 
BH, when he got injured, he was probably their best forward uh, so far in the season. He was sensational, got injured. He's now returned. It's been about a 10-week layoff. It's been quite some time for Hamlin ULA. Returned the other night. I think he only played about 15 minutes, uh, but he, he will have a huge impact on this Cronulla Shark side moving forward. Andrew Fafita, well done to him. Uh, you know, when it looked like his career was just about done and dusted a couple of years ago or even last year coming into this year, uh, he's really has played his role perfectly in this side. And it looks to me, whenever I look at their social media and stuff, that he's a guy that's having a huge impact on this team, whether it be on the field, off the field. And look, he's only playing 30 minutes. In that 30 minutes, 13 outs for 118 metres, 52 post contact. He had four tackle breaks. Uh, a couple of offloads as well. I mean, you can't really ask for much more. 15 tackles, zero miss. That 30 minutes that he plays is incredibly important to this team. And then it is the Monday to Friday throughout the week that I think Andrew Fafita brings a lot of confidence to this uh, team. He's sort of the joker in the pack in this squad. So what well under Andrew Fafita, as I said, it looked like his career was just about done and dusted. Uh, and he's just found his way into... I would argue probably one of the best forward packs in the NRL. Definitely the team with the most depth. So you could understand if a guy at Andrew Fafita's age wasn't in this side. But he's managed just to create a new role for himself. He's 33 years old. I mean, let's call a spade a spade. He was close to dying last year. To get back into this side has been a sensational effort. Started uh, in the front row on the weekend for them. Only played 30 minutes, as I said. But it's his impact in that 30 minutes that, that was just massive. And he just gives this team a little spring in their step. So well done to Andrew Fafita. Let's have a look at the Melbourne Storm now. Pretty disappointing. Um... They're definitely battling with their depth, which we sort of spoke about in the preseason that could be an issue. They lost Christian Welsh, which hurt. Uh, they've now lost Remus Smith, which is a real stinger. As much as Remus Smith isn't an all-star talent, he's consistent and he's good in D, which is where they're sort of struggling at the moment. They're back five at the moment. Uh, they're really battling in defense. They, they, they're in all sorts. And when you, like, yes, Cameron Munster is going to come in. Harry Grant's going to come back in, and that will change this team. There's no doubt about that. But it won't improve their edge defense, so they've really got to sort that out over the next few weeks, and I'm sure uh, that Craig Bellamy will be well aware of that. Papi and Hughes uh, tried everything they could, but they just were lacking a spark without Cam Munster and Harry Grant. I think that all four of these guys are better when they're all on the field, uh, but Papi and Hughes, I think it's fair to say that apart from a seven-minute explosion... Uh, last week. They really have struggled the last two weeks without those guys. So Cameron Munster, hopefully we see him return next week against the Canberra Raiders. Uh, Harry Grant, I doubt we will. He will play Origin, obviously. And if Ben Hunt ends up playing six, you might see Harry Grant play big minutes there. So I doubt he will be there. But hopefully Cam Munster has recovered from COVID and is free to play in that game. I think it is Sunday afternoon. So um, 1-17, to 17, all missed at least one tackle for the Melbourne Storm. You do not see that all that often. I will say this, though, when you look at the stats, which could say it's a positive. For me, it's a bit more of a worry. There's not really much between these two teams. If you go and have a look through all of the stats for this entire game, there isn't much between them. It doesn't really indicate that the Melbourne Storm would lose by 20 points, which is a serious worry for me, in my opinion. Uh, Brandon Smith obviously had the sim in. I dropped a podcast on this a couple of days ago. Um, got a pretty big response to it. A lot of positive message. I, I appreciate all, all the former referees and current referees that have reached out and thanked me um, for saying what I said. Uh, and I think this is a bigger picture in rugby league that we need to look by. I couldn't believe the amount of people that messaged me saying, oh, game soft, put a skirt on, all this sort of just absolute 
bonehead dribble that I could not believe. Uh, but it's good to see that so many people see the proper side to it. And hopefully, as I said, Brandon Smith can turn this into a positive because it is completely unacceptable in our game and we cannot have it. If you'd like to listen to my thoughts, I got pretty emotional in our podcast. Uh, I dropped it two days ago. You can go and have a listen to it. It, it sh- should only be two or three down in your scroll on your podcast there. So, yeah, disappointing game for the Melbourne Storm. Two losses in a row taking on the Canberra Raiders next week. They will get Cameron Munster back. You'd assume maybe Harry Grant, but I doubt it. Uh, They might have to play Harry Grant, though, if Brandon Smith is suspended, which you'd have to assume he probably will be for a couple of weeks. And personally, I think it's fair enough. All right, let's have a look at the Bunnies taking on the Newcastle Knights. Bunnies 40, Knights 28. Uh, shout out to Dom Young. Fuck, he came up with a big play. I think if you go and have a look at Kempy's TikTok or Instagram, I'm not sure which one it's on, uh, but there's a clip, Dominic Young, he makes a try saver. Then I think it's Tyson Rizel makes a line break, and then Dom Young scores in the other corner. Great to see. I think Dom Young is one of the most improved players in this competition. And credit to Dom Young, because I was watching him last year going, you know what, he's raw, he's got ability, but defensively, he is just not ready for first grade. He is getting picked apart. He makes poor decisions. He has worked at it, and he's he's just worked at his craft every single day, and you can see how much he's improved, Dong Young. And shout out to him to bring himself over here at 19 years of age to come to the NRL when he really hadn't established himself in the Super League. Um, it's a huge knock. And, you know, I have no doubt whatsoever that Dong Young could have stayed in the Super League. He probably could have been their, their, their top try scorer within a year or two. He's taken himself to the NRL, signed with a club that isn't an absolute powerhouse. He's come in. He has struggled. He's battled. He's looked like one of the, one of the best. Sorry, one of the worst spot defenders in the NRL, but he's just stuck at it. He's improved every single week, and it's great to see him doing the stuff that he's doing now. So, what well under Dom Young? Three tries last week, scored one the other night. Uh, had a bit of an injury in that game, which was unfortunate. But shout out to him on this play. He wouldn't have been able to make either of these two plays, in my opinion, last year. So, well done to him. Adam Clune threw an absolute pill to Edric Lee. If you've been listening to this podcast for a while, you know that when Adam Clune made his debut last year, we did point out he's got a touch football background. His right-to-left spiral is one of the best in the NRL, and he showed it on this ball. If you get a chance, go back and watch it. I know they lost, but have a look at this pass from Adam Clune. It's an absolute cracker. I thought Mitch Barnett had a cracking game. He made my team of the week, 42 tackles and a try. They are really going to miss him up at Newcastle. I think this he will be a great signing for the New Zealand Warriors as long as they can keep him on the straight and narrow. Jaden Braley made his return, which was great to see. I thought he looked very impressive. I was uh, I was sort of expecting Braley to maybe play 20 minutes. Uh, I'm pretty sure he played about 50 minutes, which I really didn't expect him to get that much out of his body in his first game back from an ACL. Not only did he play big minutes, he looks crafty, and the Newcastle Knights looked more dangerous with him on the field. It was a game that I never really felt like Newcastle were going to win. I always felt like South Sydney were in control, uh, but this is just the, the the sort of team that South Sydney are, realistically. They're not really going to drive you into the ground. Uh, Jaden Bradley played 40 minutes. I, I thought he looked very impressive in this stint. Had three runs for 36 metres, had a try assist, had a line break assist, uh, and made 24 tackles and missed none. So a great knock in 40 minutes there for Braley. Let's move to South Sydney. Scored 40, conceded 28. Obviously, with South, they're missing a ton of players. I mean, their they're forward pack, if I told you that they'd be running out with Totola, Havili at nine, Burgess, Coleman Tungy, Jed Cartwright, and Cody Nicarima at lock, 
uh, you, you'd be absolutely blown away. You've got to also consider that Lockie Ellis, he was knocked out on the first play of the game, so they lost their halfback. Yes, they had Nick Arima to replace him, but it fucked around with all of their interchanges and everything, especially considering they had Blake Taff uh, as their 18th man, not on their bench. So I thought they did really well, South Sydney, in a game where they were missing troops. Yes, Newcastle was too. But I would say South Sydney were probably missing more. And then you lose your halfback. Uh, a, a pretty tough gig there. So what well under South Sydney getting this one done. I thought that Jed Cartwright was very impressive. Um, in his first game, we've seen him in quite a while. I thought he was really good. Uh, I thought Cody Walker and Latrell Mitchell, they were fantastic. When these two get together on a football field, there's just something special about them. And you can just see the confidence that these two give to the rest of the South Sydney Rabbitohs side. They look like a team that no matter what Newcastle did, they knew they were going to going to win this one. They knew they were going to get it done. And I think that's the confidence that a guy like Latrell Mitchell and Cody Walker give them. We obviously had the big blow up at the end with David Clemmer, Latrell Mitchell, uh, Colin Montungi. Let, let me start first of all. There's there's moments where guys really stand up in their careers and you realize, oh, okay, this guy's a first grader now. And I I, I think that's what I saw from Colin Montungi the other night, to stand up to uh, David Clemmer and go toe-to-toe with him like he did. Uh, I thought that that was great to see. He got under his skin. There's no doubt about that. It's probably not all that hard to do with David Clemmer. But Coleman Tungy could have caught quite easily sort of pulled away from that, got back into his line. You can see in that moment just how confident Coleman Tungy is in first grade now. He's a kid that's come through the mascot jet system. Um, it was always just the biggest kid in the team growing up, so it was easy. He's had to sort of craft his game a little bit more. Now, and I, I think he's done a sensational job. And, you know, he's obviously been on the doorstep of New South Wales Blues selection. I think fair enough, too. Uh, obviously, the end of this game, very disappointing. We had uh, David Clemmer dropping a shot, an elbow into, I think it was, Davian Mowali. Um, I can understand the send-off. I think it probably could have gone either way. I thought it was great to see Latrell Mitchell coming in to defend one of his young guys uh, against the front row. And this is the sort of stuff that... Latrell brings that other fullbacks don't, that, that, that I love to see personally. Um, I thought Clemmer was, you know, potentially hard done by to be sent off. I think there's some people arguing that Latrell Mitchell's play earlier on, I think it was Dom Young, was it? Um, I can't remember who, who, who it actually was, that he sort of had the ball and it was a bit of an elbow. To be honest with you, I need to sit down and watch it again. I haven't been able to watch it um, close enough, but... I thought the better team won here. Another argument, should Latrell have been sinbin at the back end of the game? Yeah, potentially was third man in, I guess, uh, or second man in, however you want to call it. Um, so, yeah, probably fair calls there. But look, at the end of the day, it wouldn't have affected the game in any way, shape, or form. It was already done and dusted. Um, yeah, Cody and Latrell, when they get together, they are a different beast. I thought Tom Burgess, he was sensational as well. Ran for over 200 metres. You don't see that from Burgess all that often. I think sometimes we get caught up in your Taumalolos and these sort of freaks of natures that are able to push 250, 300 metres. Burgess to get over 200, a very, very, very good knock. I thought he was great in attack. In defence, he did miss about 10 tackles. He made 32, he missed 10. So not ideal there. What wasn't the perfect game, uh, but I thought Burgess in attack, he was really leading this side. They needed him to stand up. I thought Zatola, he was sensational as well. Very, very impressive. So a good win by South Sydney. Shout out to Richie Kennar. I thought he was great on the wing. He's been doing good things in reserve grade this year. Good to see him come into first grade and perform the way that he did. Was he score one try? 
No, sorry, scored, scored three tries. Good God. I'm <laughs> fell asleep at the wheel there. Yeah, Richie Kenner, a, a great game by him. We did mention him on beers and break-evens this week, uh, but he was obviously a little bit too expensive, but he really did perform there. So well done to him. South Sydney, another one of these games where they probably could have won by more. They probably could, could have conceded less, but I think you do need to take in consideration that they had a lot of young guys in this team that haven't really played together before, a lot of partnerships that haven't really been sorted out before. They were missing a heap of forwards, obviously Cam Murray, Jai Arrow. They were all also, without Campbell Graham, who I would argue is their best defensive uh, back as well. So, uh, not an ideal situation, especially when you lose your halfback as well. Going to Newcastle as well. South Sydney, however they got this win, they'll just be stoked to get it realistically, and they'll build confidence off the back of it. All right, let's move to the Parramatta Eels and the West Tigers. Parramatta 28, West Tigers 20. Uh, look, I think this is a game where I've had a lot of people message me go, oh my God, they only beat the Tigers by eight. And on the scoreboard, yes, but... I'm sorry, in the game, the Parramatta were the, the better team by a country mile, let's be honest here. I don't think this is one of those games that Parramatta quite often have where they shit the, get, shit the bet against a, a, a bottom eight team and they really suck. I thought they played well. I think you've got to consider that Parramatta, in my opinion, they had four tries taken off of them that quite easily could have been tries. I thought the first two, Sean Lane, Panasini, I'm not really sure why they weren't tries. Uh, they then had Reid Marnie, who <clears throat> identified out of dummy half that the markers weren't alert. I think it was Luke Brooks was lucky that he just got his hand there in time to knock it out. And then I think there was another Mike Civo one where I think his, his shoelace was just about on the line. So that one could have been a try too. And I mean, the reality is that the West Tigers, they scored two tries in what the last 10 minutes to David Nofaluma. So before that, we're looking at 28 to 10, which could have realistically been 48 to 10. I thought Parramatta were the better team here by a country mile. I thought the Tigers were very disappointing. They did lead 12 nil, but Personally, I thought Parramatta should have led 12-0. thought that his early tries should have gone their way. We then had Matamua, who was Sinbin, uh, and they lost the game from that point on 22-8. It was 22-0 for the next, you know, 50-odd minutes, though, until the Tigers scored two tries at the back end. Uh, I thought that Mitch Moses, he was sensational. That try scored down the short side. I thought that was very, very impressive. He's probably unlucky not to score the one that Reed Marnie scored as well. Uh, so a good game from Mitch Moses, putting in a perfect kick uh, for Isaiah Papali'i to score there too. So good game all around by Moses. I thought Dylan Brown had some really nice touches, some really nice direct runs too through a great ball for Sevo to score. The poor old uh, winger, I think it is Tupu for the West Tigers. Sort of had his back turned, turned around, and all of a sudden he had Micah Sivo coming at him one-on-one. Couldn't personally think of much worse. But, uh, yeah, look, I, I thought Tigers very disappointing. 28-20, to 20, they lost by eight. Personally, I think they were lucky that this wasn't a 28-point loss, really. So I think if things would have gone Parramatta's way early, which they, I think they deserve to, Lane and Penasini, those tries, I think this could have turned into a bit of a bloodbath, unfortunately. Uh, Shout-out to Joe Offengawi with another huge game. Getting through so much work at the moment, it's not even funny. And also, shout out to uh, Bowl who came on, who started in this game in the front row. We spoke about him last week. He scored like forty-eight super coach points. Just got through a heap of work. Very strong, very consistent. They look like a better team when he was on the football park, in my opinion. So one to keep an eye on. And Matt Miller, who made his debut, spoke to a couple of the West Tigers boys this week in the lead-up to this game. They reckon this kid is extremely talented, and I thought his mannerisms when he got sin-binned, I think that said a lot about him, the way that he went into the sheds and you had... I think it was James Tarmo and Alex Twell coming in to sort of, um, you know, give him a bit of a cuddle and, 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 and keep his confidence up. He wasn't rattled at all. He obviously wasn't happy. But I just thought he, his demeanor in that moment when he, you know, it probably looked like he, he'd lost that game for, for his team, unfortunately. Hey, everyone. 
I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash post. I thought it was very impressive. So one to keep an eye on there, Matt Amua. Unfortunately, his debut will be remembered for the shin bin, but I think he's going to have a big future moving forward. So Parramatta, they get the one, the win here a little bit scrappy, but personally, I thought they were much better than a, an eight-point victory says. And the last game of the week, we had the Brisbane Broncos, 32 over the St. George of the Dragons, 18. The Dragons without Ben Hunt in this game, who we know is incredibly important to their side, but the Brisbane Broncos without a stack of not only first grade talent, but state of origin talent. So a game that I think the Dragons, you know, by their standards, I think they, they, they should have won this game. And I thought they were pretty disappointing, uh, to be honest with you. I think their, their game plan was good, went through the middle of the Broncos. I can understand why they were winning that middle. But obviously there was the two Simbins that were pretty costly, both to Tariq Sims. Uh, neither of which I thought was unfair, to be honest with you. Uh, obviously, the late shot on Adam Reynolds, I don't think it helped the case of Tariq Sims that it was Adam Reynolds, uh, but I, I did still think it wasn't It wasn't like it was an outrageous one to sin bin. The other one was contact to the head, as long as we're consistent with that. Uh, I'm sort of happy with, with that to be a sin bin if, if it's the same for every single player, which has sort of been the issue this season. Uh, but 32 to 18 for the Brisbane Broncos. A couple of guys I thought were unreal. Uh, Hosking, who made his debut, I thought, he was sensational. Got through so much work. I think Kempi put up a post last night with all of his stats. Go and have a look at that. Very, very impressive. Delaware's Hoyter out on the left sting. He was fantastic. Uh, I thought he was so impressive. The combo between him and Branko Lee, I think they have played a little bit of reserve grade together, so they've got a bit of a combo from there previously, but I thought he was very impressive. Now, Delaware's, I believe, played for the Tigers a couple of years ago. Uh, scored two tries yesterday. He was great. I thought Tony Staggs was fantastic as well. Scored, uh, had a line break early, then scored two tries. One was off a kick. Uh, the other one, he was just too big and too strong and too quick for Moses Suley. When you give Katoni space, he can be lethal. And shout out to Tessie New. He was my man of the match in this game. My problem with Tessie New has always been that he is a little bit of a hog with the football. Uh, his first touchdown, the right edge, dummied when he should have given it. His first touchdown, the left edge, dummy when, when he should have given it. I sort of thought, oh, fuck, here we go. This is going to be more and more of the old Tessie that sort of stifles uh, their strike players out wide. I'm not sure what happened after that. I think a trainer might have gotten the air of Tessie, or I think there might have been a message sent down to him because all of a sudden he started coming out with some brilliant ball playing. And, you know, he, he threw one cutout ball to Jordan Piero. That's the one that he kicked back in. The Katoni Staggs scored off in the 60th minute. That was sensational. But just a couple of other passes that Tessie threw that he just hasn't thrown them over the last few years. And, you know, they, they weren't unbelievable, crazy cutout passes, no lookers. They were just simple drawing pass, but his timing was perfect. And this is something that Tessie has struggled with, in my opinion, throughout his whole career. But he is such a strong runner of the football that he can normally just make it work. But when you got a guys like Tony Staggs, Branko Lee, you know, Piera, and then Deloise Hoyter, who had the hot hand yesterday, you've got to know when, when to release the ball. And I thought Tessie knew did it sensationally yesterday. He was my fullback in my team of the week. Very impressive. Scored a try out of dummy half as well, where 
I'm not sure if Jack DeBellum was called offside at marker. I'm not sure what on earth happened there. He just stood there like a statue. Uh, but well done to Tessie New for identifying in that moment. I thought this was probably the best game he has played so far in his career, Tessie New. And as I said, I have been critical of him in the past. And when I saw him throw those first few dummies, I thought, fuck, here we go. He's going to stifle this attack. He did the opposite. So credit to him. Well done. Uh, obviously, the Dragons, we mentioned that they're missing Ben Hunt a lot. Uh, I think it was in the second half. And the game was sort of still in the balance. They were still in it. Um, he, the, I think it was uh, the 5'8", Amon, uh, kicked two balls dead, which turned out to be really, really costly for them. Uh, they considered a try to Stags and uh, sorry to Delaware's Hoyter just after halftime, backed up with Ezra Mam. I thought Mam was strong as well. I had him as my super coach captain, as most of you would know, which was a bit of a punt. Got 69. It's probably lucky to keep the first try, since to be fair. I thought that would probably go to Branko Lee, but I also thought there was a number of times where he was a, he was just infield and probably was next man up. There was a line break he almost got. Tony Staggs, when he put the kick down the sideline, Ezra Mam was there on his inside, lining up to hopefully score. So happy with how the Ezra won played out. Could have been better, but it also could have been worse. So I will take it. Uh, yeah, for, for the Broncos, oh, I thought I thought they had, had a lot of really good performances there. I thought Hetherington, he was great. 70 minutes, 140 metres, 42 tackles, one line break assist. He was sensational. I was very, very impressed with him. For the Dragons, obviously a disappointing loss and one that, you know, they would have won this. I, th- I think it would have almost put them into the top eight, to be honest with you. I think this is a game that they had to win. Uh, they were very disappointing. Young halves. I thought they both did okay, but it's just, it's, it's another example of with a kicking game, just a metre too long on a, few, uh, on a couple of kicks, even half a metre too long, can take a good game to a pretty average game just off the back of that. So unfortunate for them, that they will take a lot from it. I thought Moses Sully got very few opportunities with his first touch of the game, scored a cracking try. I don't understand why they don't bring this guy into the game more. I don't know. Maybe it's a case of he, he needs to go looking for the ball more. Ended up with 11 runs, but it took him, um, I think, 20 minutes until he had his first touch. So, I mean, if he would have been a, a, a little bit damaging and used a bit better earlier, it could have been anything. I thought Matty Fagai, uh, 135 run metres. He was very solid out on the wing. Cody Ramsey, though. Fair to say he was their best, if not one of their best. I thought he was great. Some of the lines that he ran scored two tries. Thought he was unlucky not to score three. He was very damaging, obviously. I called very heavily for Tyrell Sloan to be the one. I said then that sometimes Hook does things that I don't quite understand, but they tend to work out. And I think this one might be another example because Cody Ramsey is playing great footy, and I don't think you could possibly pull him out of this side for Tyrell Sloan at the moment. So credit to Hook. He's done it again. He understands rugby league Hook. Uh, a couple of forwards I thought were great for the Dragons. I thought Jack DeBellum was really solid as per 127 run meters from 15 runs. Uh, for me, though, I thought Blake Laurie. It's one of the best games he's played. He had 19 runs for 173 metres, and he also made 36 tackles and missed none. So Blake Laurie, very impressive performance straight into my team of the week. Jack Bird had a couple of moments. Jaden Sewer, a couple of big hits. Tariq Sims, pretty disappointing game for him, obviously. A pretty disappointing game for the Dragons all round. Obviously, it is up at Suncorp, I understand that, but essentially only missing... Um, Ben Hunt, they would have expected more in this game against the Broncos team who missing a heap of superstars, but uh, their guys stood up. I thought Adam Reynolds was really good. Katani Stag stood up and had a big game. Tessie New coming back, he was unbelievable. So a good win for Brisbane. It's always good when you can lose a heap of guys to origin and your depth guys can stand up. Not only win, but like perform well. Definitely be the better team on the field. And then some of your guys that don't normally get as much attention really stood up and had big games here. Like Branko Lee, he was 
great out there on the left edge, testing you. Kobe Hetherington through the middle, he was unreal as well. So what under the Broncos, they needed this W to sort of put themselves in that top four bracket. They'll take a lot of confidence out of this one. Whenever they have injuries or whatever, they'll be, this is a game that these young guys will look back on and go, you know what? I can fucking handle first grade. Yeah, I can do damage here. So what under the Broncos? Disappointing for the Dragons. Um, just having a look at the ladder. Where does that put the Dragons? Does that sort of knock them out of the top eight at the moment? Yeah, it puts them into ninth. So the Manly Seagulls have jumped and Manly's into the top eight. Bunnies in seventh. Parramatta in sixth. Broncos in fifth place. I think if the Broncos do go on to make the top four this season, I think this will be a win that they'll look back on and go, yep, that one was really important as far as our season went. Uh, at the moment, ninth Dragons, 10th Roosters, 11th Raiders, 12th Knights there at the moment. So Raiders, Roosters, Dragons still in the hunt uh, to play finals footy. Dragons on 18, Roosters and Raiders on 16, and you've got the Manly Seagulls in eighth on 18 points as well. It's going to be a big couple of weeks. Stay tuned. We'll be going into Bloke and a Studios this in a couple of hours to record the review for round 17 and have a quick chat about Origin on Wednesday night. It's going to be an absolute cracker. Cannot wait to bring it to you.